a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one green-based podcast. You join us on the day after those local elections. As we record this, those results are still coming in. We do know, however, the Tories got a kicking and the Greens did rather well. Let's speak to our man who feels so passionately about this stuff. He spent the last three days living in a ballot box with a mini pencil. How are you, Dale? (laughs) <laughs> what, doctoring the votes? Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. I want to say mini pencil because it's never a full pencil they give you, is it? It's a half pencil. Yeah, for some reason, maybe, who knows? Yeah, no, look, I'm good. It's a lovely sunny day. I've been out on my bike, uh, electric motorbike, and uh, yeah, the world's good for me. Fantastic. Oh, the electric motorbike. How do you find that beast? Uh, I just go back to where I left it. No, I don't mean how you'd literally find it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an app. <laughs> got you for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's brilliant. So it's, it's new to me. This one's a Harley. I, I've got, I had a KTM for a few years, and, and I thought I'd try a Harley a few weeks ago. And, nice. yeah, it's a fantastic uh, bike, actually. Really like fantastic. it. Fantastic. Uh, let's just have a, a brief look at those local elections. And we're recording this at half ten on a Friday, of course. And um, so n- not all of the elections here. We don't yet know about Scotland or Wales, et cetera. But we do know that the Tories got a kicking, particularly in London. I know that's only part of the national story but it's still significant mm. yeah that's right i think they lost westminster or something for the first time did they ever um and of course the tories are saying look it's midterms is what you expect uh on, on this trajectory labor can't win power and as you know some of the academics that are into politics are saying that's that's true that's the case but at the same time well, a couple of hundred councils is it that uh yeah yeah they've been turned over on and um and the big message from the uh the floor of the country is uh, is party gate and Johnson and I, I would hope in general kind of disaffection with the Tories because look they've been running our country for fifteen years and they're properly fucking it up. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the, the it, it's either parties or cost of living or maybe a mixture of the two. And I, I know that the cost of living isn't entirely a British thing. But there are things that are specific to this country and, you know, energy being one of them. We lack a proper energy policy and, you know, we've been hit hardest of all of the European countries by the energy crisis. Of course, we've got Brexit, which is self-inflicted pain. That's impacted our economy worse than the pandemic did. And, of course, we suffered in the pandemic worse than any other country in Europe as well. We're a special case as a country, aren't we? We have a very special... We're in special measures, I think. <laughs> we need. I think we probably are. We, we probably need to be, actually. If we were a school and... Uh, off what or whoever they're called, uh, yeah. not off what, Ofsted or whatever were coming around. Yeah, I think we'd be put in special, special yeah. measures for sure. Off twat, which will be the, uh, the sort of special <laughs> organisation that, that keeps their eye on the government. That, that's the country's message to Johnson today, I think. <laughs> uh, here's a question from Mark who says, Dale, do you think there is any future for carbon capture at scale? Do you reckon solutions exist or could be invented? I don't, because I think fundamentally the laws of physics are getting in the way. Uh, There's so much pumping involved in capture and proper storage that actually 
you know, it's it's on a par with the amount of energy that's being generated in the first place. And if you look around the world, despite almost billions being spent on this, um, it's not happening anywhere. And I don't think it will happen at scale. I don't think it makes any sense. It's obviously driven by the oil lobby who um, – who use it as a as a way to paint a version of the future in which we can carry on burning fossil fuels. Happy days because we can deal with the CO2. It's a big, fat myth. Yeah, big, fat myth. Talking of things that aren't myths um, or shouldn't be, uh, swapping 20% of beef for corn could halve, halve deforestation. That's, That's an extraordinary headline. That is incredible, yeah. I mean, if it was 50%, you, you might think that kind of – works out wouldn't you do you know what i mean that means correct yes yeah. but in fact it's a even it's an even greater benefit for uh, a, a lesser compromise if you like i guess it speaks to the inefficiency of beef farming compared to other animal farming so when you look at the merit order of uh, what you put into an animal compared to what you get back out beef is yeah. at the bottom of that 10 times more protein goes into a cow than you get back out. Whereas chickens, who are also responsible for deforestation, are much more efficient. So it'll be about that. Beef's relative inefficiency as a way to uh, feed ourselves. It's true of all animals, but beef is just the worst. Yeah, and there's no other kind of business model in the world where you would accept that as a, a kind of a conclusion to your to the way it was going you'd look at that and go well that's clearly messed up because yeah. that doesn't work you know putting aside the ethical aspects of it just in terms of yeah. pure pragmatics and intelligence in how you would look at feeding the world you would no, right. stumble on that one and say well that doesn't make any sense no the the laws of you know diminishing returns you know aren't accepted anywhere else are they you, you don't stick far more in than you get back out anywhere else and at the same time what comes back out is actually polluting to our bodies we you know it's it's like we stick 10 kilograms of protein into a cow we get one back out but it's dirty sure. protein you know and um bit of a myth that we need animal protein animals don't make protein they eat plant protein like we do and uh, and that's how it accretes into their bodies you know animals are a middleman they are middlemen in our diets and we don't need them we can just eat the plants that we feed animals here's a question from nick on facebook come on dale where is the hovercraft and how's your camper van conversion going i hope to see one or the other fully charged last weekend what happened Oh, bummer, yeah. Next year, I reckon, we'll bring the hovercraft. I'm, I'm going to see it in a week or two. The guys have done a really great job with it. Uh, it's been test flown, tethered to the ground. It's run for 70 minutes on its battery, uh, which is in accordance with all of the theoretical calculations and stuff. Yep. Uh, and and is, you know, is, is very good. It's looking smart, and I think it's going to work really well. So I'm off down there in a week or two with any luck. Camper What's up? I mean, well, just two things on that. One, it's tethered to a rope and it's in the air. What's happening here? What is it, a balloon or a hovercraft? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a short tether. It's just to like keep it in one place. Uh, oh, know. I see. So it's gliding, as it were. So floating, rather. Yeah, floating. It, That's replicating it. what it will yeah. be doing That's on it. water, as it were. Uh, yeah. uh, in terms of why he says, I wanted to see one or the other last weekend, what, what's Nick referring to? There? Oh, the fully charged show in Farnborough. Um, this is like the annual. Oh, at sorry, I, I misread. Yeah. He said I wanted to at. I thought he said he wanted to see them fully charged last weekend. I thought it was a, yeah. a directive from Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it wasn't that at all. Fully charged show, load of fun. I went there. It's uh, Bobby Llewellyn's thing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. For people that don't know, he's got a podcast of not a podcast, a YouTube channel of the same name. Not as good as this. Uh, obvs. Correct. The van con- <laughs> the van conversion. What what's what's going on there? Because this was going great guns. Is is progress yeah. still being made? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The guys were at the fully charged event, and uh, we had a good chat. Hoping to have it on the road in um, July, in time to go to Glastonbury. 
But yeah, it's looking good. It's going to have a, well, it has already now a 100 kilowatt hour battery uh, split in three locations in the camper van without interfering in the camper van space, which is a, a feat of engineering. Uh, there's yeah. been some motor mix up, slow deliveries from China, and also they sent the wrong voltage. So we'll, we'll have the motor maybe in a, a couple more weeks. And uh, we're just now getting into the overlander cosmetic side of life which is quite exciting you know the big wheels and uh, that kind of stuff you know so that's going to be fun absolutely here's a headline climate skeptic think tank receives funding from fossil fuel interests yeah Uh, as me old nan would say bugger me backwards (laughs) who'd have thought it down yes right i was going to say file that in the tell us something we don't know category right correct correct yeah. So what's happening? This is the uh, the influential think tank uh, that has led the backlash against government's sort of net zero policy, yeah. uh, getting funds from groups with you know, interest in oil and gas and the like. This is according to documents. Which they previously denied. And, and now they're denying that they're actually people that have oil and gas interests, even though they have millions invested in fossil fuel companies. They're saying, oh, because uh, those shares are inherited, it doesn't mean they have an oil and gas interest. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, okay. So what do we make of this then? I mean, do they? is it fine as long as they fess up? Well, it would have been fine if they had fessed up. And even now they're not fessing up. They're saying, no, 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 you know, there's nothing to see here. You know, the fact that these people own tens of millions of pounds worth of shares in fossil fuel companies doesn't affect uh, anything. That's not why they're donating to this climate skeptic, uh, you know, think tank that's trying to campaign for the continuing use of fossil fuels. Of course, there's no link there. Uh, Questioning from Joe, which is kind of reference what we said at the beginning, feels like voters are sending the Conservatives a message. Do you agree? I think the only thing I think is interesting about that was the message big enough because there was a suggestion this was going to be a bloodbath for the Tories because we've seen in previous elections Blair and Miliband really pick up vote when, when they were out of office, uh, when Labour were out of office, really you know kind of annihilate the Tories. And this it's not quite happened in that respect. It's been a bit more of a, a, a complex picture with the Greens, actually, and the Lib Dems doing rather Yeah, yeah. And as I say, you know, the academics able to look at the data and say, you know, while it's a you know, fairly decent result, it, it's, it's probably a midterm thing or in accordance with, you know, the kind of thing you might see in midterms. I don't accept that analysis completely because there's more to it than numbers, right, like the loss of Westminster and, and things like that. And, and the kind of things that... Um, are being said on the street, you know, by voters and stuff like that. Hopefully it's a sign of more to come because I, I feel that Keir Starmer has been finding his voice lately, having been relatively quiet in the pandemic. I feel that he's, he's come out, uh, become much more overtly critical of Johnson and the Tories. And I imagine that will ramp up between now and the next election, whenever that comes. Yeah. I mean, is there a sense, though, that Keir isn't – these are op- large open goals, as, as some see it, uh, and he, he's, he's not scoring as regular – uh, regularly as he needs to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the uh, I'm loving the football metaphor. I, I was trying to keep them going. You know, it's just a game of <laughs> yeah. two halves, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of media commentary around that, and that he's not cutting through. He's not got a enough character, or, or you know, or God knows what. But look, we've got a character, right, as prime minister now. And we see what that achieves. We need, you know, we need a serious prime minister. I think. I think come the election and the uh, and the debates on TV and all that kind of stuff around the election, yeah. I think the the scale of the of the failure of Johnson and his government will will become even more apparent. I think so. What's interesting though about us having this conversation is that when you talk to sort of diehard. Um, I wouldn't even say conservatives, diehard right-wing thinkers, uh, mm-hmm. diehard right-wing voters. 
that one of the th- the reasons they hate Johnson is because he's too obsessed, obsessed, they say, with green and environmental issues. <laughs> I mean, that comes so every time we do a f- on, on the radio show, Dale, every time we do a phone-in on this, every single caller pretty much, bar none, will raise that issue. You know, ditch the green stuff, get rid of the environmental shit, and then then we'll vote for him. But at the moment, they see him as being too focused on the very issues that you think he's lacking focus. Yeah, I, mean, I think that position doesn't, you know, bear any any scrutiny. You know, if you if you look at what the government are doing on green stuff and what's being spent on it compared to other stuff, there's no merit in that. There's no logic. There's no fact in that. Um, you know, Johnson talks a good talk, but he isn't doing anything about it. And I think maybe it's partly because these people bought into the narrative that it's green stuff that's causing high energy prices. You know, I've been on a load of uh, radio interviews with right-wing commentators and politicians that Mm. claim exactly that, uh, when when actually, you know, it's it's responsible for a fraction of the um, price rise on our energy bills and also reckoned to have saved us billions of pounds in the last 10 years in any event. You know, it would have been worse without the green energy that we have, quite clearly. So it's weird, isn't it? But it probably explains why there's – such a split between left and right in politics. It's yeah. about how we see the world. Um, here's one. Uh, and this story, I was reminded of this story, actually. I was thinking of um, when I was a kid, we used to go to, uh, this is going to sound very glamorous, though. We used to go to Scunthorpe, Rahul, yeah. Scunthorpe. As my old nan would say, what a shithole. So we'd go to Scunthorpe for these uh, like little holidays to see the family up there. Right. Um, the remarkable thing about going to Scunthorpe was we always had to stop on the way and stop on the way back so that my dad could clean the windscreen. Um, and that was because it was loaded with insects because uh, the, the, you know, your windshield just had – it was just one of those things, wasn't it? If you mm-hmm. drove yeah. at length for a period of time, uh, your windscreen, your car was covered in these things. And now we learn um, insect numbers have plunged by 60% since 2004. Mm. I mean, this is like yesterday, really, in relative terms. Yeah. So this is a huge concern. It's not just about what doesn't hit your windscreen any longer. It's about – all manner of things that simply do not exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's an essential part of uh, the food chain, isn't it? Not Obviously not for us. Well, I mean, it is because we're all part of that. But, you know, we talked about it the other day, didn't we? As a biker, I was saying to you that, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a teenager or something like that, you couldn't ride a bike without goggles or a visor because, you know, you just get so much stuff in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you couldn't function. And, yeah, uh, same with cars. You know, having our windscreens plastered was normal. 60% is massive. And, you know, it's driven by industrial farming. It's driven by the uh, the amount of land we've taken from wildlife and what we do on that land with our sure. toxic chemicals, fer- fertilizers, yeah. and pesticides. You know, and it all comes yeah. back to... Uh, the same thing, our choice of diet. If we were plant-based instead of animal-based, as a country, we could free up 75% of all farmland and give it back to nature. Question here from Evie on Twitter. Dale, there's no home in football for politics. Is Evie having a swipe at you there? Listen, for me, it's not politics. This is about what's happening in our world. This is about injustice. It's about human rights. It's about the equal applications of international law. And that's why we... Uh, raised the Palestinian flag, just to highlight the incredible double standards and different treatment of the conflict in Ukraine with the conflict in Palestine, where you've got all the same ingredients and a completely different approach from the countries of the world that collectively are known as the West. Do you think the the, the Palestinian ambassador uh, attended an FGR game, of course, last Saturday, wasn't it? Do Do you think it's that that's the catalyst for the question? 
That and the flag. I mean, the flag was the catalyst for the ambassador to come to a game, and it's all part and parcel, really. You know, yeah. people are basically turning it into a Jewish issue, right? Which, as far as I'm concerned, it's not. It's not about that. It's about Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, yeah. Russia, the rest of the world, the Western yeah. world. You know, just just double standards and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I think the the Jewish Times or the Jewish Chronicle have called for a boycott of ecotricity as a result. And a couple of people have written to me and say, "Oh, you know, you're saying Jews aren't welcome." It's an incredible stretch. You know, from raising the flag of Palestine to highlight the invasion and occupation. Uh, which is in you know breach of international law. The UN have passed a resolution fifty no seventy years ago calling on Israel to give that territory back. All kinds of wrong things are happening there. It's not against Jews. Uh, it's not against all of the people in Israel even to stand up for Palestine and say Fair this enough. needs fixing. You know, uh, it's the Israeli government that are doing this in the same way that you know I could be against what the American government are doing. It doesn't mean I'm against Americans. True. You know? True. Totally fair point. A couple of football points to finish on then. Um, it's interesting because there was actually a, uh, on one of the Guardian sports blogs a story that football must do more to tackle climate change. So um, you're not alone in thinking that there are certain events that do correlate uh, in, in anything that has a profile, football being one of them. And certainly Barney Weston was writing a piece that football must do more on climate change. Yeah, it's interesting because when we began at Forest Green in 2010, people said exactly the same thing to us, uh, as Evie has just said, and other people do say about politics. I mean, one of my answers to that is that politics gets involved in football, so why not? But I don't think the Palestinian issue is a political issue per se. Um, but the environment thing, people said the same thing to us. As, uh, the, you know, what's football got to do with the environment? You know, keep it out of football, blah, blah, blah. And now... Is center stage. I mean, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we are part of that campaign group that have called for the government in this big reset when they impose a regulator on football, bring in some sustainability criteria. That word is not in the government's uh, fan-led football review anywhere, anywhere in the document. It's a massive uh, missed own goal, not at this point in time to build sustainability into the, the reset of football. And a football question to finish on. Christian on Facebook. Come on, Dale, spill the beans. How many new players this summer hoping to keep the squad together? Yeah, so second part of that first, definitely hoping to keep the squad together. And the extent to which we're successful in that will dictate how many new players we need. And at this point, we just can't know because everybody keeps our cards close to the chest until the season has ended. And then the, you know, then the horse trading begins. And sure. you know, probably in a few more weeks, we'll have a much better idea of how many new players we're going to need. Perfect. Dale, we're speaking a week. I think it's going to be a busy week, actually. So I'm sensing already that this time next week, our agenda will be probably triple what it is this week. Oh, what's going on? I just think there's a lot happening. We're going to get the, the sort of the more of the analysis of the election results. I think there might be some announcements on cost of living. The energy issue, I think, is going to clearly remain bubbling away there. So, And we'll finish the season as well. And the season finishes With too. tomorrow's so. game. Yeah, and the sun is out. So. <laughs> yeah, there's some hot weather coming, as I understand Indeed. it. They'll speak next week. I'm off to get my bike. I hope it's Good where man. I left it. You remember where you left it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it for this episode. Don't forget you can follow this podcast from your podcast provider. Don't forget to do that so you get each new episode automatically. And follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince and facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero. Carbon. East off.